0: Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And all that is
1: gold, only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, here for the weekly Supercoach episode, TLT Round 14, post the first big buy, which was a huge one. Billy did the buy special with me last week. We spoke all about the buy planning, all about the buys for the buy for round thirteen and our strategies and, and different chat for that buy round. So, I had to get Billy back on board to see how it all went for him, how he found the buy as well, and to go through TLT for round fourteen. So, Billy, welcome back, mate.
0: Thanks, buddy. It's uh, nice to be back and get a few things right for a change. It just depends if you can afford them all.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a, it was quite a nice buy round. Like a lot of the time, uh, I, well, I mean, I, I ended up going what I thought was quite well. I, I only ended up with eleven players, which was a bad thing. And I sort of, I said a few weeks ago I was going to hit the buy round hard, and I sort of did. But then I had guys like uh, obviously Valio, which was a lot of a lot of guys had him, so I can't really complain. But then people yeah. like TPJ were a real were a real killer because not many people had TPJ. Uh, And I thought that he would have made it there. And obviously he didn't, and he's probably back this week, which is another kick in the guts. But I had a few guys like that that didn't quite come through. And I sort of, I I used my three trades and just went, I I can't really do any more. I need to just stick solid with 11. But it was, you know, I, I almost need to revert over to you because it was your old adage of, you know, making sure that you've got the quality over the quantity. And even though I had 11, I was really confident in the 11 because the only one in the 11 really that wasn't a gun was probably Karaz and everybody else was a gun. So I ended up at, a, I think it was a thousand and seven points or something around there with 11 players. I was pretty happy with that. I saw green arrows, but what did you end up scoring, mate? You were obviously pretty happy with your round too.
0: Oh, for what I had, um, I can't remember what I had, but it was oh, oh, 750 850 eight something like that. It was pretty ordinary. but um, for the first time in a long time I decided, you know what, every year I buy a plan and I get crushed by people with uh with uh ten players and there's always people out. So I think I was erect about twenty thousand coming into this round. So I didn't bother by playing as much as I normally do. And lo and behold, <laughs> the one year I don't do it, all the players that you're actually playing for to get in actually score hundred. <laughs> so <laughs> bit demoralised. It, it was good to see that. I like, mean, for all the people that are actually um, are, are up the top or head-to-head and, and, by, and by plan and wanting to get the players that they wanted to, Mate, drink water went well. Um, Garrick went well. Um, I mean, Manny went well. The guys you thought were going to sort of basically did. There were no real sort of major anomalies to sort of upset you. And you had guys like kick out at, at decent price, you know, sort of playing lower ranked teams, like going over the line as you would expect. So it was one of those few rounds where I think sort of everything just kind of fell into place as expected for pretty much every, pretty much every player, pretty much.
1: Yeah, it ended up going really well. Um, there was like the the big guns fired, which you know it did it did kind of punish those teams that that did go for the numbers, but without all the quality. Because certainly, I know there was a lot of teams. Yeah. The kind that kind of got to this point that had a base of sort of twelve or thirteen, um, but couldn't get in those uh, all the big guns because none of the players they had were sort of you know Manu drink water um, and some of these other ones like even uh, Ola too went well, out went well. Uh, you couldn't get all these guys in. Whereas you know I planned to have. I already had guys like when we're looking at the the top fifteen scorers like I already had Talmalalo. I already had Angus Crichton. And I already had Joey Manu, And then my trade-ins was Scott Drinkwater, um, Reese Robson, and Viliyami Kikia. So all my trade-ins fired, but I was already kind of set up with the, the main guns that I thought would go well. And I also had Matt Burton, who was the fifth best scorer. So um, I think that the, the planning really paid off this year for those that did it. I know it, it did for me because I sort of bought the, some of these guys pretty targeted. I think Maddie Burton was one of the best buyers I've actually made for the season. I got him in five rounds ago and he's basically averaged, you know, 80 odd points and he's turned up on the buy round for me. And now he's gone up a hundred plus grand. So that one's worked out perfectly. Obviously I don't want to talk about all the ones that didn't, and there's plenty of those, but yeah, it was was one of those rounds that really paid off. Garrick was the only guy that I I sort of missed where I went, I'm not going to get on him. I'm just going to leave it because you can't kind of have everyone, but you know, he went great as well with the third best
0: score. Yeah, the best part about that is that there are a few um, there are a few anomalies that sort of surface ahead as well. So we'll talk about those as, as we sort of get through. But yeah, it's not. And the, the other part I was going to say is the the blokes that you've actually got in for your, um by planning, you can comfortably play those over the next few weeks as well. I mean, um Martin is going to go back to sort of centre, obviously, and he has sort of some difficult matches coming up, but he's. Um, he surprised me. I didn't think he'd be, at this point in time, be the number one ranked sound quarter. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, he has He has had an improved season. Um, and it's something that, that you need know, to recognise. Um, having said that, it's a, it's a little bit hard because I think at the start of the season, centre wing stocks were all down. Uh, and then they've started yeah. to normalise a little bit. So you do have, uh, you know, 20 25% of the season where it's a bit skewed on the stats. And then you've got Manu, you know, stepping into a different role on top where he obviously blitzed it and scored 130. So, you know, quick round review for everyone. Uh, for those listening to the All-Stars podcast for the first time, this is a Supercoach episode, but we do a TLT Supercoach episode every Tuesday night. Uh, that includes a bit of a round review of the scoring trends from the week before, a strategy discussion, which we're going to have shortly as well to talk about Supercoach strategy. And then we go straight into the TLT and review that and look at all the trade-ins, trade-outs and all the decisions and buying. But on Thursdays, we record the talk and footy episode for the NRL All Stars podcast, and that one is the No Super coach episode where we just talk all footy. So, if you like your footy talk as much as your super coach talk, make sure you tune into those ones. But Billy, let's just quickly run the comb over the round that was with the buy. We had two two official tons: Joey Marnu 130, Scotty Drinkwater 119, and they were both the guys that we said. Were our top VC and, and C candidates. I know they were the most popular, but it actually rain true. But Scott Drinkwater, you know, they're the only two tons that were there. He was only owned by 14.4% of coaches. So it's not like he was a, a highly owned guy like Manu at 34%. And Drinkwater really ended up being, I think, the difference maker last year.
0: Yeah, sure did. The um, key with those guys is they're um, they're into the key positions. So you you could generally only pick sort of two of them, sort of, most unless you really sort of rip the spine apart, so on. Um, yeah, they certainly were the obvious choices.
1: And I mean, the rest of the the top scores. I mean, we had 14 know, fourteen eighty pluses, but there's only f- four games. So pretty pretty much, when you look at the averages relative to only having four games, it, it pretty much panned out to how we've been seeing the scoring trends. Also panned out with the uh, the guys that are really not owned. The fourth best scorer behind Ruben Garrick, or equal with Ruben Garrick at ninety nine, was Adam Elliott which is 2.9% owned. Um, My boy, Matty Burton was coming in at five at 98. He's only 6.7% owned, but Murray Talagi, I've actually been a bit of a a pod hunter for Talagi at the Cowboys, you know, for a few years, just getting him in, especially for draft and 2.3% owned. He scored 98. Um, And then we had guys that that weren't going to be owned at all. You know, uh, Xavier Savage with a 96, although a few people bought him last week. Lachlan Croker somehow is 2.8% owned. I'm going to say that some of those are zombie teams, but he scored a 94. So certainly there was those guys in there that we've seen before that uh, aren't going to be owned too much. But then we had guys like a throwback kick out performance and Satili Tupanua both scoring 86. Angus came through his 83. And even even Tomalolo, like the week before on this podcast, Billy, was saying, don't sell Jason Tomalolo if you're playing the buy, you know, because he could come back. And he did come back and he scored 80 points only dropped 37k now he's got a low break even where he's going to make all that money back up again so it, it that that comes into the planning too doesn't it you know when you've got a guy that might only be out a week holding those type of guys or being a bit patient or strategic with your holds and, and also who you're buying because you know that's that really makes or breaks it and when you have two or three guys out that you could have had like a Tom Lolo, uh, I think those teams probably felt the pain last week as well.
0: Yeah, it's all about sort of structuring over over a couple of weeks, isn't it? So um, you can own or not own Tom, either, either way you go, but it doesn't matter how well they went last week, you've got to sort of offset that with sort of this week and next. So between the uh, the late off, the, the obvious sort of late origins, the restings, um, as well as depth, as well as having to play a couple of the guys that you sort of played last week, but, but also want to offload this week, like there may be a couple of situations where you do have to play a Swally like another week or you do have to play to the Craz, but yeah, it's all about sort of the um, composition and makeup of your team versus a couple of runs.
1: Yep, for sure. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about our strategy for the coming rounds. So strategy chat for today is really going to be about the origin period um, and leading up, to that- <laughs> leading up to that round 17 bye, really. So obviously we've got one big buy round left um, and – Really, uh, I think that you almost touched on it a little bit before, but we certainly both spoke about it last week. Where the buy, the the buys that you are making for that buy round, when you're talking about quality, you know, you should have been looking ahead. And one of the reasons why I brought both Scott Drinkwater and Reese Robson in is because the Cowboys have probably got the second best draw uh, out of anyone over this period. They've they've got a really good run of games, so they were guys that I was comfortable in being able to keep, and, and that's going to be important. And I think for this buy period. You wanted depth, so I certainly uh, have seen teams, Billy, that were sort of, you know, I only had sort of a bare-bones 17 or 18 running at the moment, um, and also guys that went probably too hard at that buy round where they've got a lot of junk in their team. And I think that those guys are going to struggle because I think one of the strategies over this period, and we have mentioned this, but it's good to unpack right now because we're at round 14. You still got some time to kind of get your team right is over this origin period, right, there's going to be a lot of guys rested, isn't there, Billy? So if you've got guys getting ruled out after an origin game that you're hoping we're going to play, your next man up that you're going to put in for them has to be decent quality. And that's where teams can really fall over. So for me, it's not just the buy period, the buy rounds, Billy, that are the strategy rounds. It's all the in-between, because there's a lot of opportunity in this in-between period now to make up ground as well, because, you know, you might have a Cleary ruled out and all of a sudden, if that... If some of those Cleary owners have a Lachlan Ilias that they have to play at the last minute, and you know you've got a Mitchell Moses that you can play at the that you're going to be playing as a backup anyway, and then you've got a really good Ford reserve that you can throw in, that's going to really make a big difference if your team is well structured and planned like that. So, do you agree with me that this period as well, you know, you can make those gains just because of the uncertainty of the backups and this whole Origin period leading up to seventeen?
0: 100%. And the other thing you've got to be careful of is, obviously, uh, everyone's got so much depth at the moment that um not every, not everyone, sorry, but a lot of people are going to have players like, uh, you know, Papa Lee and Haas in the front row as well as, you know, Tom Lowe and um, King. So if you've got you know, four sort of front rowers at the sort of borderline sort of, you know, all players, you've got sort of two fullbacks, two halves, you know, two, two sort of 58s You're going to have to start, just start saying to yourself, do I want to play Haas this week? Or you know, sort of, you know, do I want to sort of drop sort of arrow? Like, you're going to be in a situation where you can't sort of trade people out, but you're going to have to sort of uh, think about, you know, hey, you sort of keep some cash generation to get you know Pappenhusen back back in without sort of absolutely ripping apart your side, but also trading someone that might be you know a good good keeper for when the ultimate restings and injuries start happening. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the trades are running pretty low too as our boost, so that depth is really going to be tested. Um, the other thing as well that we did mention leading up to the last buy, but it's going to be really relevant for this next buy. So round 17, I think it's got more quality in the players that you can bring in. And one of the things to really target with that is that there's going to be a lot more choices, right? So leading up to round 17, certainly we'll do another buy round special for that. But the, the the buying of the round 17 players really is going to start now. Like if you want to hit that buy round hard again, you really have to be asking yourself if who you're bringing in is, is going to help you that buy round or if you can afford to not do that. Um, but For me, Billy, you know, I said a few weeks back, you know, guys like Talakai, I didn't want to sell. Um, And I brought in a a guy like Katoa as a bit of a pod in my centre wing from the Sharkies. And those guys I was going to hold through because they're guys that are going to be premium options in round 17. But they're also guys that you can hold. And that's the number one thing at the moment. There's guys in that round 17 buy that the team's already had that they could hold. And that's going to be really important now. And when we're looking at draws, the Sharks have probably the best draw for the rest of the season out of anyone. Oh, um, so that's so that's that's huge, isn't it? Like that's what you should be looking at. You should be planning ahead and saying, hang on, uh, if I'm bringing in Sharks for round 17 or I've got Sharks, I don't want to trade them out because they're guys I can keep and they've got a great draw. Whereas if you bypass the Sharks players and you go for some of these other guys, you might find, find that you're going to be wasting a couple of trades and, and that's going to really burn you on the back third.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, who, who would have thought that, you the know, beginning of the year, you'd be saying, look, you know, you need to get into the shaft's left wing, which is going to be, you know, the, the number one or number two averaging to sort of the sensory core in the competition. You just, you just, you just don't think like that you know, at the beginning of the season. But then you see, like, the the quality of the draw that have come up and all of a sudden, like, like, Talakai is playing, you know, left centre, um, Bull Hog's gone, and you've got to black like, like, Hines, all of a sudden, you know, sort of, going that way. All of a sudden, guys that weren't as valuable you know, 12 months ago are now sort of not so much pawns anymore. They're sort of knights and bishops in a, in a strategy game.
1: Yep. And you also don't want to leave yourself short. I know we spoke about depth as well, but we are in a period now where, uh, especially hooker and front row forward. you know, I've already been caught out a couple of times, and those are lack of depth positions, right? Most teams are pretty thin there, and over this origin period, you're going to be really susceptible to maybe not having one of those guys at the last minute, like Um, or having Harry Grant benched at the last minute, having to play them and and only have 20 minutes um, of game time or something like that, you know, if if you get wind of those things, uh, the next part of the strategy chat that I was just going to mention is that over this Origin period, there's going to be a lot of strategy involved in who you play and and who you're benching because uh, obviously it's quite risky, you know, if Harry Grant gets benched um, and, you know, coming after Origin, he has a tough game and everything, you know, It might blow up in your face, someone like Harry Grant could go large, but this is a type of time of the season where you've got to think big and sort of go, right, I'm going to go against the trend. Obviously, most people are just going to play Harry Grant off the bench after an origin game 48 hours later. But if you've got the option to maybe bench him and have a Robson start at at your hooker spot, you know that might be a big swing against high ownership. And that's some of the strategy that I look at during this time as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to think. Um, unfortunately, I think you used a, an example which is a bit controversial. I remember not having him last year, and he comes on with 30 minutes to go and scores 65. He used to drive me insane. <laughs> I think he's, he's just such a good ball player. If he's playing 35 minutes, you got to start, <laughs> you got to play him. But um, if you apply that rule to any other player in the competition, then <laughs> I think you've got a point.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Grant can go massive. I just hope he gets ruled out before the game or something like that because uh, I did sell him for this buy period, but I will be buying young Harry back. It um, probably will work really well with forwards. Like I would say that I think there's going to be a lot of forwards that will end up benched and playing uh, less minutes than normal. And as soon as you see one of those origin forwards benched, it's a really good opportunity if you've got squad depth just to just to put them out of your 17 yourself. Uh, and that's probably a lot safer route than, uh, than doing the old Harry Green or one of the backs like that. Um, certainly, uh, Nathan Cleary, uh, if he's named and he's there, and now before kick off, you're going to be playing those guys, obviously. But the forwards, Billy, that's a pretty safe bet to if the, if some of those starters are bench for their NRL games, and you can probably strategically flick some of them.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like if you if you look at sort of. Um, like, um you Know cash generation, or trying to find trying to find some coin for you know, a, a big name player that you want to get back in. Like you look at the halves, and you go, "I can't. You know, Cleary's got a soft run coming up. I can't get rid of him. Um, you know, Sharks got a soft run coming up behind you. Obviously, got to keep him. So you know, looking for looking for sort of uh, expensive guys to cash out, thinking you're going to get them back cheap. You have got to be careful with runs. So it pro- possibly comes down to looking at folks like Haas, and you know, you know what. He's a premium front row forward but he doesn't really score 85 plus um but also doesn't score he you know less than 50 really so for, for 600 650 grand you can probably just you know get rid of him for you know someone of it and just play someone like someone like king for you know well 15 20 points less that's just meat and potatoes and, and cash up elsewhere so like you were saying you, you really got to start looking at your sort of your forwards as more sort of plotters now i think
1: and one last thing to finish off on the strategy chat coming into this period, and I think it's a really exciting month of footy because not only do we get to watch Origin, but for Super Coach, there's a lot of swings and there's a lot of ways that you can actually rise up. But, you know, I keep mentioning and you keep talking about this, you know, heading towards the round 17 by guys and girls, there isn't just one way to skin a cat. If you don't want to hit that buy hard, then, you know, change your strategy and that can work as well because we've just had a buy around Billy where everything went right. We've both seen in our... Supercoach tenure of many years that uh, many buy rounds don't go well. And there's actually a lot of teams that that don't plan for the buy and they end up not being a big part of the buy, but scoring more over that period, even though they had half as many buy players because they hit the good players hard during the run leading up to the buy. And you can go the opposite, right? That is the opposite to to try to aim towards that buy. That is just going, you know what? The Penrith Panthers have a great run of games coming up. I don't care that some of these stars are actually going to play origin and I don't care that I'm not going to have them in round 17. I just want points now and I'm not going to worry too much about that buy. That's certainly a strategy that can pay off too. So I I don't want to seem like it's one-sided where, you know, we're saying to people that you have to plan for the buy. You've got to have great numbers in that round 17, even though there is a lot there because you can do the opposite as well. Can't you, Billy? And just go, no, I'm just going to look at how we're going now, the games that are actually going to matter before the buy, and you can that that can really pay off with guys like Brian Toto having a great run as well and being low ownership.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you, yeah, have a look at someone like this, Taylor May. Like, he's some people might have thought he was a ca- cashier to start the year. Um, he's absolutely killing it with this. Sort this of seventy average, so he's a boat that you know you can keep us at sort around of of thirteen. But if he doesn't perform like he, it's you no know, skin you know, off your nose, know, you're still going to keep him. Targo's in the same sort of boat, but you know. Um, people that sold him won't really, really miss it. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago probably won't be complaining with only losing so the 50 points was because the cash they could have used sort of elsewhere um, is going to pimp them up, but at the same time, maybe not in your final four in three-quarter as, as opposed to May. So probably different ways to skin a cat. Um, uh, two very, very similar examples with completely different output pot, uh, potential. So
1: let's move on to TLT, Billy. Now, before we do that, I do need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the All-Stars podcast in Top Sport. You can go to www.topsport.com.au and have a look or just download their really easy-to-use app and have a punt on Top Sport today to try it out. But certainly, if you're going to have a punt with Top Sport, make sure that you do it responsibly. But if you haven't heard of Top Sport, they are 100% Australian-owned bookmaker and they have great odds in not just sport but also in racing and they've got a lot of huge markets too. I know a lot of super coaches that have jumped on them to play uh, the fantasy sports markets because they've got player performance markets at the moment where they do their own point scoring for fantasy points and you can bet on the over or under. And it's a really easy criteria that you can have a look at. It's less stats that they look at than super coach. And you can see the key right there when you have a look at those odds in the player performance markets, but it's all based on the actual NRL stats as well. So it's really easy to see uh, how guys are scoring and so forth. So if you haven't had a top sport, jump on them right now, but make sure that you use the promo code from this podcast because then they'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. So that promo code when you do start an account with Top Sport is S C All Stars, all one word, and then they'll know that you're one of our listeners. But Topsport.com.au, go jump on them today. TLT Billy. Um I I really look before we even talk about the teams, the last round, you know, it made me really appreciate the eight round season because I don't know about you, but like I love all the eight games of footy each week. And this week we're back to it. The four games last week it kind of killed me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I had to mow the lawns twice just to keep away from the kids. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself,
1: but yeah, eight games this round. It's it's fantastic to have that back, and we've also got Origin this week, so we get that extra bonus game, which is going to be great. But Cowboys Dragons is the first one. And, you know, important thing with this is that we don't have the Thursday night game. This one kicks off on the Friday, but it's still only going to be 48 hours after Origin. So I think when we're having a look at the team list for this, you know, the Dragons are obviously largely um, pretty unaffected. um, But Ben Hunt and Tarek Sims are both named to start. With the Cowboys, though, they had a, a litany of people that were playing Origin on the Wednesday night that have all been named. So... At least it's the first game where you're going to kind of know. But this is certainly going to be one, Billy, where it's going to test out people's uh, depth because certainly they haven't been named to start. But in the extended squad, you've got Valentine Holmes, Reuben Cotter, Jeremiah Nanai, who was actually a popular buy, Tom Dearden as well, who's owned by a few coaches now. All those guys are there in the extended squad that could come in. And there's probably a lot of nervous coaches that are hoping they come in. But maybe like a Ruben Cotter is like that hooker example, where if someone's starting Ruben Cotter as their their front hooker now, their first choice, if he gets ruled out, which is a good chance, you know, people are going to be in a, a bit of a world of hurt or going to have to trade someone there. To me, Billy, these guys are going to back up. I don't think that 48 hours after Origin, with the Cowboys position that they're at playing in Townsville versus Dragons, I tend to think that they're not going to force those guys to back up after they had a good win last week. But, you know, what's your take on this quick turnaround for these two teams?
0: Well, it's good and bad. So it's bad for us in the fact that, you know, unlikely to play a uh, 48 hours an hour turnaround, particularly blokes like sort of caught up, who's, you know, starting off Origin. So he's obviously going to get some bigger minutes, even if he does play, unlikely to sort of start. So he comes off the bench. And then how many minutes does he, does he play? There's such a good team at the moment that he could end up playing 30, even if he does. So he's probably sort of a stay away. The good, the good news is the fact that they play so early, so at least you're going to know very early <laughs> whether you need to leave in you know, or out. So, a bit of a positive there, but also a bit of a negative.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, someone like Cotter, I don't think there's any chance. Um, Holmes is obviously going to play 80 minutes. Someone like Jeremiah Nanai, though, like he's probably going to be a low-minute bench role, maybe 20 minutes, so he might be a chance, but then again. You no, know, Peyton might say he's only a young guy, and to sort of push in to play, you know, that big big game, and then to come back and play, you know, is going to be too much. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But when we're having a look at market watch for these two teams, quite interesting because there's actually I don't think that there's been any point all year where there's been three dragons in the top ten most traded in market watch, and, and it has just happened. And I don't think that we would have guessed that Molo was actually going to be one of the most traded in, but here we are. So but I'm not talking about Francis Molo. I'm talking about Michael Molo, his brother, who's now gone 69 and 29 points the last two weeks. And got a pretty good break even now where he's at minus 36. So he's the fifth most traded in player, Billy 175 K bottom dollar minus 36 B E at the front row forward spot. But, The key for me is that last week he only played 20 minutes. The week before he got extra minutes, but 20 minutes was his role last week. And I'd be pretty worried that he's only going to score 25 points. And to me, you know, it's front row forward as well. He can turn into a plotter really quickly. So I'm really not liking Molo. And I'll say that you'd want to have a lot of trades up your sleeve to even be going cashies at this point. And if you're going cashies, You'd want him to be better ones than Molo for me. So I'm not a big fan of this this trade, even though he's the fifth most trading guy at the moment.
0: Not at all. Like I don't I don't understand it. Um, unless people have you know, four front row forwards and they're really desperate for cash. Um if you're using it as a cash out for King, I don't, the, the mere fact he's sort of um um rotating sort of edge and sort of lock, I'd I'd probably be inclined even just to leave him there for now. So look honestly. I would actually prefer like a, a, a dual muff as opposed to um, Molo.
1: Yeah, look, he's got the potential to be a 20-point a AE in there, like an Andrew Fafita-type style, and I don't think that's going to be great for your run home, um, So and you're going to get, end up stuck with him as well. The other guy that does deserve to be in here, though, is Zach Lomax. So we've spoken about Zach Lomax before, but he has at times um, been a little bit disappointing. But now's the time, right, because the Dragon's going to play that round 17 by, and he's now got BE of 2 in the last two weeks against poor opposition in the Warriors and the Bulldogs, he's got 98, 93 points. So he's scoring really well, three-round average of 76, five-round average of 65. That's finally pushed his average into the 60s. He was averaging 50s before the last fortnight. Now he's averaging 62, uh, and he's only 550,000, which for someone that has his upside, um, that's, that's really good. He's going to be playing a cowboy side, Billy, that's obviously going great, one of the best defensive units in the league, but it's also a cowboy side that's going to be depleted from origin or playing origin weary players. And then after that, you know, the draw is okay. He does have some harder ones, but one of the good things with the Dragons is that if you're buying him from round 17, that it's going to be a depleted Broncos side. And if you're buying him to keep, which I think that you should be if you're going to get him in, the last three rounds of the season, which are head-to-head finals rounds, Gold Coast Titans, West Tigers, and finishes on the Broncos. And, you know, the Broncos is a bit harder these days, but that's not a bad last few run of games as well. So, yeah, Lomax I really like as a trade-in, but those two scores of 98 and 93, Billy, are his best of the year by far. And one of my knocks on him is that he's only before that gone 60 plus 40% of his games, and he doesn't really have any big ones in him until the last fortnight. So do you think that's him ramping up and he's actually a really good buy? What do you think he's going to revert to what he was doing before?
0: I think at this point in the season, you've got to get him. If if you're going to get him for that buy round, you've got to get him now. Um, If you go back and watch the the, the games from the beginning of the year, he was actually horrendous. Um, He basically, every time he had the ball, he would hog it again. Then he'd throw a pass at the back of a guy at the sideline. So. If you go back and have a look at the stats, I'm pretty sure you'll find sort of you know between minus four and minus minus ten points for three or four games straight. They weren't winning any games. They wasn't kicking any goals. He didn't have any attack whatsoever because he wasn't getting out of line, and he was still averaging what fifty odd. So for a bloke that can sort of average fifty odd in one of the worst teams in the comp, doing absolutely nothing, throwing errors left, right, and centre, I see no reason why not to get him now.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing will be is if you if you plan ahead and you can't end up fitting him because you've, you know, only got so many, you know, centre wings that you can buy. Um, he's going to be obviously benchmarked against some other ones, but he's a fine buy this week. I think he'll go really well against the Cowboys. And like Billy said, now's the week because he's got that low break even. You don't want him paying up in two weeks' time, three weeks' time before the buy. So certainly a great buy. Tom Alolo is getting bored at the moment, Billy. And this is one for this game I, I sort of don't understand. Like to me... I certainly wouldn't be buying Tom Alolo if I've already decided to sell him before. I think it's a bit of a waste. There's obviously other options coming up that are going to play the round 17 buy or, or just be better options than what Tom has been going. But he did come in and score 80 on the weekend in 66 minutes with 60 raw base. He still hasn't scored a try this year. And you know, that's going to happen. And he's probably going to have a really big game against his dragons pack because if Ruben Cotter doesn't play, if Nanai doesn't play as well, you know, their pack's going to be depleted. They're going to rely on him again. And that's that's going to be pretty big, and we might see last week's output. He's only four hundred and fifty thousand i I'm a bit torn because I already own him um Do you own Tom Malello at the moment yourself?
0: Yeah, I own him. um It was good to see him last week just actually have a go um like um stand up in the can. like he absolutely ripped in last week. he was just he just he just seemed be running it was in everything um just stepping at while while the boys were out. Um, look, at, if you go back a couple weeks ago, we we'll said no, you're just basically wanting for this one buy to piss him off. But last week, he actually looked looked like man, almost like the Lola of old. He was he was in there, he was ripping in mm. at that sort of price. I can even though he's not covering the next buy, I can probably sort of see why people are getting him in. If he's gonna if he's gonna keep punching what he did last week, 100, I would. He's in a good team too. Like the he's got rid of the rust from 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 the off season. You know, if sort of forwards can come into the season and take some three, four, five weeks to sort of get into their group, get some match fitness before they sort of step up uh, and their minutes to kind of step up. That's all gone now. Um, he's been under the pump with a coach and commentators for about by having a go. You've got a win streak now, they're heading towards some finals. So, my little story is I think now is when you sort of see you start firing up and going, like, you know what, I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah, and Cows do have a really good run. And we spoke about him not scoring yet. So, look, I'm, I was a little bit iffy about buying him or not. I've, I've sort of already come around on a little bit 450,000 is value for him at Front Row Forward. So certainly you can keep him at front row forward there and you could downgrade from someone else and actually free up cash. So yeah, it does make a little bit of sense. And I do like the Cow's run quite a bit, which brings us to the next couple of guys. The Hammer, I liked last week. He got downgraded massively. He was in the 80s and he ended up on 67. But he still only has a BE of four and he didn't really go up much. He went up about seven grand. And look, at 265,000 um, with the run that the Cowboys have coming up or the Dragons... Manly, Broncos, Sharks, Tigers, Dragons, Bulldogs. You know, that run of games is really good. Um, the Hammer probably will get to just after the bye before Kyle Feld might be back, but he may not. So he has got a good run of games. One of the reasons I didn't get him in last week, Billy, is because when Felt comes back, he will be back on the bench. So so I feel like the Hammer could end up going well over the next month and certainly is a really good downgrade for 265000 starting this week. But at the same time, you'd want to have trades because you're going to have to trade him out when he gets benched. And that's the reason I actually ended up holding off him myself last week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can do it for exactly what you said. Um, the, only, the only person in the back line I'd be interested in getting would be um, sort of, if you haven't got drink water already, so sort of him or maybe even having a look at sort of val- valentine moments with that draw, but the bloke that's basically on the edge and a spot filler at the moment. He'd basically be just taking up a, a valuable spot in that back line where the volatility is that you really sort of need to catch up to people. So, no, for me, I'm the same as you went.
1: Cody Ramsey, minus 34B, 325,000 last two games where he's been starting, 54 and 94 points. He's, he's someone who I didn't think would be that relevant in Super Coach and even hold a spot in first grade, but... The last two weeks, it's bad opposition, but it can't be ignored that he scored fifty-four and ninety-four points with a thirty in raw base, which is something he's been really weak in the past. Is he someone that you can get now for the buy round, and even just keep around, saying that he, if he starts, you know, in that number one jersey for the rest of the year, you could just hold him for the Dragons as sort of a six centre wing that you can just leave there and know that you bought him at only three hundred
0: twenty-five thousand. Depends on the makeup of your team. Like it's, it's still. Look, we're at, point at the point of the end of the season where everyone's basically either cashed up or has enough players that they can trade it to a premium. So I think a lot of people are going to be basically going to that sort of low maximum or a tallow or just someone just has a bit more a bit more of a pedigree knowing that even if they, they get it sort of wrong, that the other player is still going to score 80 or 90. I think at that sort of price, it's probably a... Hey, I can't afford to to get a to get a premium book, but I'm close enough to the top. And it's going to take a lot a desperation move, but like a a bit of a, a pod go based on this draw alone. Uh, that would be the only reason I would want to do it, and you'd want to get it right because he's basically going to be your seventh spot.
1: Yeah, look, I don't mind it because I'll tell you why. I I think you're obviously not going to. No teams are going to be in the position ever to have like. You know, all your center wings filled with you know gun to gunish type of players. You know, you're going to have to have one or two in there that are just going to be end of bench type of guys. Um, and he's someone that I think fills fills that role, and he's cheap enough where you can just throw him in and just leave him there at the end of the bench for the center wing rotation. So I actually don't mind grabbing him, and he's going to give you the buy cover as well. And you know, if you end up with spare trades, he's going to make cash. He'll make a hundred k probably by post buy. Um, drink water as a captaincy, vice-captaincy choice. Obviously, I think that he'd be going vice-captaincy, but the Cows are playing in Townsville. They relied on him heavily last week, and he scored 119 points. I think that he's earned the right to be a, a pretty good vice-captain because everybody looped him last week just about.
0: I never thought I'd ever be having this conversation. <laughs> 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 I'm a bit of a dumbstruck here, mate, but I'm not going to disagree with you. I... Um... I'm going to avoid DC him uh, personally, um, purely because I don't own him. But um, (laughs) a couple of days after Origin, I'd I'd probably go someone that I can think and probably score like a bigger tonne, probably a a much bigger tonne than sort of, you know, what what he can probably produce.
1: Yeah, top swap bet of the week. It's it's pretty tough. We've got the Dragons at $4.60 and the Cowboys at $1.20. I reckon that you can pull that Dragons line of 14.5 out to 18.5. And you're gonna get a dollar sixty one 61 out of that. And that's a bit of a safe way bet because the cows could be a little underdone with all their origin guys. The next game isn't near as interesting, Billy. It's it's Titans versus Souths. Um, but it's not as interesting just because the Titans just seem to have no options at the moment, unfortunately. And when we're looking at the changes, it's not like we've got David Tafita or anyone coming in. You know, the, the Titans really, you know, have named Tino, but there, there isn't a lot there that is going to be very palatable for super coaches. Whereas, you know, the Rabbitohs, they've still got Blake Taft dropped, so he has to go. Um, and then they've also named their Origin guys to back up, which is good news. It's on Saturday at 3 p.m., so it's not that far removed from Origin, so it's going to be a wait and see. But, you know, market watch, Billy, we've got Taft and Ilias both heading out as top five trade-outs. That makes perfect sense, especially with Taft Um, But market watch in Campbell Graham, now we've both been pretty big Campbell Graham fans, me more so. He's the third most traded in player at the moment. And look, I'm not as I'm not as into it as what I as what I was before because he's 580,000 now. He's coming off 119 points against the West Tigers. And I sort of think um he's not overpriced, certainly. You're still gonna get some value. He's averaging 66 points on the season so far. And he's coming up against the Titans. So certainly he could have a massive game. I'm not gonna say that um, people shouldn't buy him. In fact, I think he's a good buy. But one thing I would be wary of is if we get a New South Wales origin injury in the centres, he could be next man up. And if you're buying him early, you need to be aware that if you're buying him for for buy cover this week, he might not make it. There is is a decent chance that that could happen. Or if it's a dead rubber even, you could see, you know, Campbell Graham going on the bench for experience or even something like that because, I mean, Crichton's on the bench at the moment as a centre. So you just need to be wary of that, I think, Billy. But I tell you what. The Titans and the Dragons in the next two weeks in a row. It is really good matchups for Candle Graham as far as center wings for South go.
0: Yeah, you'd be kind of putting all your eggs in one basket, basket though, um, which is what I sort of did with the rabbits a few weeks ago and killed my season. so, just be really careful. Um, um, I, I, I had the sort of, uh, Walker and. And Milne and uh, Alex Johnson and Nick, <laughs> and what's his name, uh, Arrow on the team. And you might go on two guys going really well, but if the others score, you know, sort of 15, 20, then you're screwed. So I would probably spread it a little bit and go to guys with a bit more sort of proven performers, um, particularly with that draw, um, especially given that what you said, he can just as likely sort of feel that sort of third origin and not cover it. Um, the only reason I would get him in is if you're dead set keen on him for the next few games, and you want to take a punt um, on someone that's going to average a lot higher than usual. Um, if you if you want to play the numbers, though, I'd be going back to the Lomax sort of style sort of the play that's a, a bit sort of cheaper has a, has a real soft run as well, but you sort of number is going to be sort of available, and that just knowing what you can do with that sort of extra 100, 150 grand kind of spreads a bit more
1: i tell you who I would go instead of both of those guys, just if I had the short term and for the buy cover, but I knew I had the trade to get him out. Um, I would, yeah, and I like Campbell Graham way more than this next guy I'm going to mention, and I like him better overall. But Alex Johnston at the moment, who I know that you own, he's played two bad teams in his last three games and he's punished both of those teams. He's got 103 points in round 10 versus the Warriors and his last outing against the Tigers, he went 114 He's playing the Gold Coast Titans this week who look absolutely awful. They're a bottom four team for super coaches as far as ones that you'd want to be playing, um, along with the Warriors and the Tigers who he just put tons up against. He's only 20 grand more than what Campbell Graham is, 600 odd thousand. And he's definitely going to be there around 17. There's no ifs or buts about it. And he does have the Dragons the week after this. And he does have Newcastle in round 17 that will be depleted from, you know, got someone like Ponga being out. And then round 18, he hits the Bulldogs. And he scored 94 points against them in round six. The problem, though, is, Billy, that if you buy someone like this this week, it's a really good immediate gratification. I'm pretty confident that he's going to go big this week. But South's last month of footy is abysmal. And you do need to look ahead to that now. He finishes on Para, Penrith, the Cowboys, and then the Roosters. It's not a good month to finish the season with South. So if you're going to end up stuck with these type of guys, you probably need to look at that. But at the moment, for immediate gratification and definite round um, 17 cover, I'd almost buy AJ for the upside over Campbell Graham right now. Uh,
0: yeah, just be prepared. Just have your heart in your mouth like me every time he plays because if called, he'll be on zero prior to half-time and then jump to 40. Or he'll remain on zero. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then and then that second half he'll go from, from 40 to 110 or 0 to 110 but so it'll be five minutes to go and you'll be sweating bullets
1: well I mean one of the things too that really needs mentioning is that Camel Games and 6% of teams at the moment which is um, still very much pod territory but he's being traded in by a lot so he's not going to be a pod after this round he's, he's going to be above 10% ownership probably whereas Alex Johnston's at 5% ownership and no one's buying him at the moment. So you will get the benefit of, of having a pod through and probably someone who will be, if he goes well the next two weeks, Alex Johnston will be too expensive for people to buy in round 17. And I, I could honestly yeah. see him getting a hat trick this week against the Titans. And that that's really swaying me this week against the Titans. Like I, I could almost VC Alex Johnston this week as a big balls VC, Billy, because he can get a triple just like that. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, loop time.
0: Yeah, but you know what happens every time I own a boat like that, one percent, they score 100, 100, and then all of a sudden, I put the captaincy on them, and, and they score three, and I'm the only person in the world that has it. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well, vice captain, come on, <laughs> vice captain, you got the safety net, come on.
0: No, no, I'm stupid, mate. I, I go all out too early sometimes, trying to avoid A, uh, yeah, get done by uh, rookie mistakes. <laughs> So, um,
1: Well, I'm considering um, the Cody vice-captain this week myself, and that could be a, a rookie mistake, but he did 121, I think, just last year against the Titans. So I was sort of hoping for similar, but uh, I don't know. The, the, Titan, the Souths haven't looked very good, but the Titans have looked terrible. So I, I'm all in for a big Souths victory, but well, I I, you're probably a bit more wary.
0: Well, I hope so, mate, because I think I've owned every single rabbit at some point in the first six months of the season, so much so, and you, you, you don't have to edit this out because I, I want I want my viewers to have a laugh at my expense. But I, <laughs> when um, when when Taft peaked and got and got thrown to the bench, I looked at that draw. I thought, you know what, bugger it, um, Nickarima at fullback kicking goals. Base price. I'm going to I'm going to use that uh, as a cash out for a little bit from playing for a few weeks and then see how that goes as a pod and then realise, oh, shit, Latron Mitchell's there fullback. I forgot. <laughs> so, I forgot he was coming back. But I'm like, oh. Man. Yeah, are, you sure, are you
1: sure I can't edit this
0: out? No, <laughs> no, it's fine. That's dead set my season. I wasn't. I just, I, I traded him in and then gone, oh, yeah. <laughs> what a Muppet. Oh, my head just wasn't right. <laughs> I think it was magic.
1: Let's move, back magic. let's there move on to the top sport better of the week <laughs> on this. <one. laughs> South Sydney is a dollar forty five just for the win. Uh, I, I think that the way that Titans are travelling, that's pretty good. Even considering the Origin guys that could be in trouble, Rooster Storms the third one now. Joseph Suwali is the most traded out player in this one, Billy. Before we do, we should probably mention teams. But all the Origin guys have been named to back up. Um, let's. I mean, let's get your take on that first. To me. I think that the Storm guys uh, are more chance of being rested because they're, they're sitting in second and pretty comfortably. Whereas I made the point the other day to guys that I was chatting to that someone like Teddy, you know, Robbo might have rested him before, but they're running seventh at the moment. The Roosters don't have, don't really have the luxury of resting guys at the moment, you know, because they're still wanting a gun for top four. So I, I think that you'll see the Roosters guys all play. But I think that the storm might have one or two out as, as rested in this game.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Just don't know which one. So um, say it every year. Just make sure the guys, make sure all your players later and around are on the bench. So you can easily switch a route. If you've got a player playing on Friday night and you've got him on the reserve, um, he gets locked out. So just be careful you can't move your stuff around.
1: Yep. So Joe Suali, 400,000. Just lost forty odd thousand. Has a be of seventy six, which isn't too bad. But he's up against the storm that Eels and the Panthers the next three weeks. I understand people selling him, and he has just you know played the buy. He's done his job, but he does have a few good scores in him, Billy.
0: He does, but yeah, uh, he's got um. What's he, Mano inside now? And if you were look, you look at Mano's game at fullback, it was absolutely freaking brilliant. One of the one of the one of the greatest sort of games of. Greatest attacking or running games from a fullback I've seen in a long time with sheer brilliance, tackle busting from an SC point of view. But not what, no, I lie. There was once in that entire game that he actually passed. Once. There was a point when he had a four man overlap, they were down by six points, and he still went himself. So. If he's going back to right center, there is no way in hell I want to have Suwali in my team or anyone near, anywhere near him.
1: Yeah, look, I, I do agree with you. I didn't quite get to it, so it made it sound like that I wanted to keep him. I don't have Suali, um, and if I did, I would sell him. Um, but I would say that if you've got other junk in your team and you you know wanted to hold him there. I've seen some teams that are still playing, like two, two junk center wings, Billy in which case, you know, you might want to hold him and trade some of the rest of the junk that's going out, like a cola and stuff that we'll talk about. But yeah. um, no problem with selling him, though, and certainly 400000 it's going to get you a decent player. Um, but the the buyers are probably a lot more controversial. You mentioned one of them, you know, Joey Martin, who everyone's jumping on now. And look, I, I understand why. His game of the week, and you said it, you know, it was an amazing game. It's his fourth ton of the season, and it's his highest score of the year at 130. But we kind of all knew that it was going to come because he was playing fullback, right? Yeah. And to me, my problem is that you've, you've missed the big fullback game. And not only is it a really valuable game because he's playing fullback, it's twice as more valuable because 130 points in a buy round is like you know a, a captaincy knock of 260. But it, it's also worth double the amount because half as many players are playing and you have half as many tons and all the maths in it. You know, That's a really valuable round. So if you wanted to own Joey Manu for the run home, you had to buy him before last week to me because I think that you lose a lot of value buying him now uh, against the Storm Panthers and Eels in the next three weeks at 635,000. He still does have the lowest scores in him. You know, he's still got three out of his 13 games at a sub-30. So he's going to be going back to center wing unless Teddy doesn't back up. And and you can wait and see, right? Like, if you want Joey Manu, a lot of teams will be able to wait and see because it's only the, the third game. You'll be able to see if he gets named at fullback and Teddy rests. And if he does, all right, go for it. But it is still against the storm. But if he doesn't, he's at center versus storm. He could throw up another, you know, a thirty-five, forty, pretty easily. So I'm not, I'm not huge on it, just because I think that you missed a lot of it last week with his value.
0: Yeah, know you yeah, mean. I went and looked at the same thing, and then realised he scored ninety-one or ninety-three or something against the Eels earlier this year. So uh, he can put, he can put some big scores up against big teams, but. In that position, I think his lowest scores of um, 30 and 30 were actually versus the Warriors and the Broncos from memory. Might want to go and have a look at that. But so yeah, regardless... Mm.
1: Oh, he scored 43 against the Panthers after the Eels game too. So that was a pretty low one for him. Yeah.
0: So look, I, I'm not getting him in um, because, yeah, like you said, I couldn't afford him last week. I, I was about 20 grand and short and dead with the shit. So um for, for that reason alone i'm boycotting him <laughs> but uh secondly because 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 of the draw i sold to you a couple of weeks ago because he yeah, had difficult draw come up i didn't think he'd score 130 and i uh, fucking not
1: fucking <laughs> 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 oh look i don't i don't <laughs> want us to sound like we're manu haters nah. either. like i just think that you know it's just it's really poor timing you know because like if you want him for the run home you there's a good chance in a month he'll be 100 grand less um, and you'll miss out on some low scores and get him on the upswing again. Um, I just I just think that it's, a, you know, I own him and I'm going to keep him and I like him. And I don't think it's a terrible buy because he's probably the number one centre wing at the moment on averages. He's averaging 71. He's pretty close to it, but it's just, you've missed out on, on a lot of the good scores. It's just a, a, not the best time to be buying him is all I'm saying. Brandon Smith is the other guy that's been brought in in this game and it's the only other big one to talk about as far as the market watch movement. And I get it because I'm someone who brought in Brandon Smith um, initially to go along with Harry Grant when Brandon Smith was about the same price, you know, 378,000 at the moment. His price has stayed pretty similar the last couple of weeks at just sub 400. Uh, if you have a Harry Grant, um, you know, and you're, you're toying with what happens if Harry Grant goes out and you need a cheap option, I think Brandon Smith is a fine one to bring in at the moment. Um, if you think that Harry, if, if Harry Grant gets benched an hour before kickoff, um, and he's still going to play, and you want Brandon Smith for that round 17 matchup, you know, he's a, he's a really good out. And I think that's probably what a lot of the purchasers are looking at, you know, playing around with their teams to see if Harry Grant's out, what can I do to kind of get someone in? And, and having his replacement there side by side with Harry Grant, that handcuff fantasy technique has a lot of benefit to it as well. Yeah. And he's obviously going to play round 17. So that, that's probably the only way I, I can see it kind of paying off. Um, and it's why I looked at it initially. But, you know, if Harry Grant plays, then, it, you know, you would want to keep Brandon Smith in. then you'd want to reverse because if he's Harry Grant's starting, uh, Brandon Smith was not going to be a very great play coming off the bench for the Storm.
0: Yeah, um, i disagree with you there, only for one thing. Like, I love the strategy. Um, I've done that before with plenty of players. Um, you know, if one bloke is you know, injured and doesn't play, then the other one comes in, so and you get to spot the the same, same game. It's beautiful. The only flaw in that theory with this bloke is... Um, if Brandon ends up starting, he, he's a sort of guy that basically needs you know, 65, you know, 65 sort of minutes and to go out the line to sort of be sort of relevant. Um, if Grant's on the bench, he's not going to get that. He's still going to get to the smaller minutes. Even if he starts, he'll come off. I can't see him rotating the lot for you know, t- t- too much time. So I, I would only get use that sort of strategy if Grant was likely going to be out and see the one or the other playing. I, I don't like it if he's going to be starting. Yeah,
1: that's a fair point. Like, If he's out, I think it's a, a much stronger play and I'll, I'll probably swing around and agree with you there. Um, but I, I do think it is a strong option to not spend at Hooker if Grant's ruled out just to get Brandon Smith there. And you can just leave him there for the duration of the year because, again, any time that Grant is out, you put Brandon Smith in and he, he has the value. Um, scored 54 in a solid knock with no attacking stats the last time that Grant was out and he started Look, when we've talked about all the big guns in this and I don't think you're going to buy any big guns for this coming off Origin, um, only the third game. But vice-captaincy or captaincy options, third game, a lot of these guys are going to be coming off Origin. Vice-captaincy is going to be ideal. But, like, you've obviously got all the big big guns in this. You know, if Munster backs up, can he put it over on the Roosters playing at home coming up from Origin with confidence if they get a Maroons win? There's a Teddy narrative of if the Maroons, if the if the Storm end up resting Harry Grant and Cameron Munster, for instance, do the Roosters then become favourites with a full-strength squad, and someone like Teddy could make a statement game with a VC? You know, would you would you play around with any of these in a Roosters versus Storm, or you just look at some of the other matchups instead?
0: Uh, I'd only do it if it was out of desperation. I had to choose someone from this game. I prefer to stay completely away from this game, but. If I had to choose one, Teddy would basically be the only one I would think. I don't like Storm against stronger teams, although historically he actually does perform a lot better against stronger teams. But for Munster, performing against stronger teams has been sort of 75, sort of 85 um I, I think he'll he'll still score the bigger ones against the weaker teams but they're just more sort of 30 or 30 or 140 versus the weaker teams, versus of the stronger teams he steps up and just does the 80 80 80 80 which is, isn't big enough to sort of me see for me
1: yep no that's a fair call four bet better the week in this one i we don't really know what's going to happen so i wouldn't bet on a winner or loser in it um because the storm could be very depleted or full strength but I'm going to bet on try scorers. Daniel Tubo if he backs up two dollars thirty six, is really good money for him to score a try. Likewise, if you get Joey Manu named at fullback, he didn't score a try at fullback last week, and generally he does. So three dollars five, if named at fullback, is is pretty big value for him. Moving on the Broncos Raiders, this isn't a blockbuster by any means for Super Coach, but there is a few interesting options. Ezra Mam holds his spot. It's it's been conflicting info on Tyson Gamble's leg, so we'll have to wait and see what happens to that. But this is a week where pretty much all the Origin guys have been named to back up. The Raiders do have R- Rappina out. Uh, but other than that, there isn't a huge amount of Supercoach relevant news. Billy, Market Watch. I don't want to talk about Starling again. He's one of the big disappointments of the year. Heaps of people are trading him out. That makes a lot of sense. But young Ezra Mam, you know, he's the number one most trading player at the moment. And he's got the highest break even that we've seen of any player this year at minus 100. So it makes a lot of sense for a bottom dollar. Cheapy in the halves to actually be traded in by um, so many coaches, but looking at his performances so far, he's got eighty-one and eighty-nine points his last two weeks. I really like the look of him. He's one hundred seventy-five k bottom dollar five-eight halfback jewel would have been a no-brainer to me the first month of the season, even two weeks ago, three weeks ago, probably a no-brainer as well. But we're at the midway point of the season, so I'm just I'm not going to say he's a bad buy at all. He's a great buy, but I'm just going to pump the brakes a bit and, and put a few k bits in as to why you can miss him and see how much me and you disagree on it. At this point of the season, you know, I think a lot of teams have ample money. You don't really need to be jumping for cows. I know a few people will say a couple of weeks ago, Barnsley, you're all over. Karaz is almost a must-have. Yes, I was, but Karaz also ticked the box of playing the following week after his first rise um, of a buy round. Uh, and he also had the benefit of also performing like Ezra Man has the last couple of weeks. A- and a few weeks in Supercoach is a long time as well. So, you know, a few different caveats with Karaz. But Ezra Man, if you bring him in at the moment too, the other big thing that's different with Karaz is Karaz was a center wing. You know, there's a lot of spots for that. With your halfback five, eight, or also fullback with the amount of guys like Drinkwater and, and Hines and stuff in your halves that you need to move down to a fullback spot to maybe accommodate as well. Those are spots at the moment, Billy, that are premium points. And we're seeing the halves and the fullback scoring massively. You know, so I just, I I see teams that are actually selling gun keepers that can score 150 points out of their side. We saw Hines heavily traded last week. Uh, We've seen Teddy heavily traded as well. I would bypass the money that MAM could make because I think at this point of the season, you've got to prioritise those big guns. Uh, But certainly if you've got heaps of trades or if you've got some junk in there and you want to get an Ilias out or something, it does make sense for a lot of teams, you know, as, as a trade at a minus 100 break even.
0: Yeah, yeah, agree. Um, I'm not getting him in for that reason. There's just no room for him. You'd have to sort of have to have to sort of pump a monster for him. And, and you know, as much as sort of, you know, monster might not back up or get rested or, you know, only produce an average of sixty-five over the next few over the next few weeks. Um, what happens if man plays this week and doesn't next? Like you, I think the gamble the gamble is you know, a bit too much. Um I didn't do that intentionally that it's rolled off my tongue. Um, <laughs> it was the, a good uh, one. You should <laughs> claim that one. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I, as much as I think um, he's in, uh, Ezra Mann is going to end up sort of being there sort of later, later in the year, I think he's just too good Too good a ball player. Uh, line break triathlon um, uh, last last round. So, that pumped him, pumped him up. He's still going to score in the, 50, in, in the 50s. He's got some tackle bars he's... he's He's blindingly fast and brilliant as sort a of ball player, but for the maybe risking sort of one week and taking a premium position, if he doesn't play again for another month, then you've got to use another trade to so sort of get to the monster or someone you know, sort of back in for what a hundred grand rise. I I just wouldn't do. It.
1: Yeah, and it's your two trades, and it's also like I've heard everything with uh, gamble from a a bruised shin to a broken tibia. Well, there's that many rumours out there at the moment. I'm sure it will be substantiated what's wrong with him before this round. But at the moment, you know, the most prevalent um, report is that he's got a lower leg injury and it wasn't serious. So if you're buying MAM and you're hoping he's going to play, you know, round 17, he may not. And that's, I think that's the other drawback, isn't it? Like if he was definitely playing round 17 and going to play for the next month, it's a lot more palatable. But if there's risk that gamble's only one or two weeks away, um, you, you might make your 100, 150 grand and not have the cover in round seventeen, and then it's just it's it's taking up that spot. And you know what we're like, Billy. I'd do the same thing. I, I get really stubborn about it. I'd be like, no, I'm not going to waste another trade yet. He's still got a negative break even. I want this guy to make the more money, and I'm going to wait until like round twenty when he plays again, sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, you've gone through six weeks of a, a spot you know held up in your halves that could have been hundred point games.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other thing is, and this is just pure gut feel, but he, he, he's that highly rated, and, and, he, and, he, and he's um that, that, that could have that could have a player that it it wouldn't surprise me if like if he plays this week, does really well and they go and they use that, they use you know Gamble's injury as an excuse to play him another week. I oh, just have a rest for another week, Gamble. You just gonna don't come back too fast. We'll give this bloke another chance, and if he ends up being in red hot form, he could end up sort of staying um, or getting at least. A, two games under his belt and all of a sudden then, then there's two of the of price trials that you're missing on. That may be worth it to, you know, so swings and roundabouts to, you know, get you enough cash quick enough to, um, you know, inflate, inflate him back to sort of puppy using pretty quick because everyone needs to get puppy back at some point, even though he's got a really tough draw. He's puppy. You've got to have him.
1: Yeah. And look, there's going to be teams that are really hurting at the moment. Like, there's going to be some teams that didn't get on enough cash cows, haven't made enough money. Um, or teams that just have absolute rubbish in their halves and just need, need to kickstart or haven't used their trades and have a mountain of trades and boost left. If you're one of these teams, like it does make a ton of sense just to go for it. Um, I would just be really wary of the things that me and Billy discussed if you're not one of those teams, or even if you are one of those teams uh, of the few little caveats with him. men. But I love him as a player. Like The first couple of games I've watched of him, I think he's a long-term half of the Broncos, and I really like the look of him. I'm looking forward to seeing him with Adam Reynolds. So I should have mentioned Adam Reynolds is back for this one. Uh, and that's going to be really good for the Broncos to see those two play together. I'm pretty excited for it, as, even as a non-Broncos fan. But really, I don't think there's any vice-captain or captaincy options for this one. Top swap bet of the week on it. Pretty hard because the Raiders are playing pretty well, but the Broncos get Adam Reynolds back. So $1.45 for the Broncos, $2.75 for the Raiders in good form. I'm I'm going to take the plus... Seven and a half points for the Raiders and get a dollar 82 for that. And I think that that could be a close game with the Brisbane win. And I think Brisbane probably win, but I'll hedge my bets a little bit on that one.
0: I'm I'm just hoping my little fullback carves it up again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, your little fullback. I'll tell you, I had a look at um the Raiders fullback. I have he's got he's got no, he's got blinding speed. I went and had a look at his numbers and um. I didn't I didn't I didn't talk about this on the pod last week because I didn't I didn't realise his positional play but he had um, although his average has been absolutely horrendous. He played one game at fullback uh prior to last week and he had what thirty seven or thirty eight points in the hit ups and I kinda of figured, you know what, at that price, if he if he can replicate that, um I'm more I'll be more than happy to sort of take him on. So I ended up buying him last week, and I was really happy with it. I'm just happy that clock is Cocksdown stays away because he's very highly rated.
1: Well, you know, Savage uh, uh, Rongo still give up a bit of points to fullback, so you know it could be a week that he goes well as well. Um, I want to talk about this next one though: Tigers vs Manly. A um, couple of guys being traded out heavily: Tua Pilotu, second most traded out; Cola, eighth most traded out that makes complete sense. I don't think you want those guys hanging around and they've done a good job Uh, a in particular has gotten to almost 500,000. So he's a great guy to be selling. Um, but reality mm-hmm. is in this one, Billy, you know, the Tigers have just had their, um, their coach sacked today in match. Mm-hmm. And they've also coming up against the side, Manly, who have pretty, you know, weak edge defense at times, but, Daly Terry Evans is named to back up, and that's going to be key. And Manly played a lot better last week against the Warriors, even though the Warriors were terrible. They played better than what I gave them credit for. Um, So, it's an interesting game because you don't really know how teams like the Tigers are going to take the match sacking, and it is at Campbelltown as well. They're going to have a lot of fans there. I really don't know what to make of this one. Um, I just know that if I had Ola Kawatu last week, I'd be pretty happy, and he's probably going to be the guy to put the spotlight on this week. You know, he... Copped a late injury and only played 59 minutes, but it was just a cork and they were already up by a lot of points. So it was nothing to worry about, but he absolutely like tore up the Warriors on that edge. He was just throwing guys away for fun, getting oh, tackle breaks each time. Man. 86 points against the Tigers edge. You know, I'm, I'm pretty scared not owning him. 584,000. If you're not playing that round 17 by as much, you know, he's, he's a great buyer this week. If you don't own him and you want to keep him to the end, because what he did last week if you add 20% of it, because he'll probably stay in the park for 80 minutes versus the Tigers this oh, week. Oh, That's mate. probably what I expect of him.
0: Not owning him or Tarpenny last week was, <laughs> it was, it was... I was watching the TV going, no, don't give it to him! Don't give it to him! tackle bus, tackle bus, tackle bus, tackle bus. A... Oh, God, there's eight points. Don't give it to him. I'm but, just hanging don't, on. Don't I, I'm just time. hanging off the... <laughs> Tarpon I, is going was, to go
1: badly in the next couple of weeks. So I'm just, I'm just hanging on to, you know, that. that I'm uh,
0: Big Pup, Big Pup will be back this week. So they'll take, you know, what, three minutes off you. <laughs> so.
1: But Olaquadu uh, is still going to tear up though. So he's he's going to be an issue. I mean, do, do, would you look at buying him this week, especially if you think the round 17 numbers are okay?
0: No, I wouldn't. Um, not, not for this week, purely because he's an absolute gun of a player. But he's one of those sort of guys that, he's gotta he's gotta go over the line to be relevant. He's gotta go over the line to be relevant. But he does every week. So but as soon as that buying will stop. So um uh, you maybe, don't uh, want to
1: ruin it for, ruin it uh, for the other uh, Yeah, not gonna
0: ruin it for everyone else, but I'm talking out of spite. Look, he's he he he's, he's such a brilliant player a, a brilliant player to watch, just uh, footy wise as well as uh you know, catch wise, because as soon as he gets the ball, you know he's gonna do something. Like he will he'll just fend someone off and it's it's almost like um you know. You know, you know you play playing the old sort of guns and roses sort of you know, um uh uh machine in the end. <laughs> and the it tackle bus It's just bouncing off balls left right and sending you to the bracket up two, four, six, eight. The points just come every time he gets the ball. So he's uh he's very he's a very exciting super coach prospect to watch point, that's all I'm gonna say.
1: Very hard not to own him. Um, he was one of the guys that I just couldn't own last week, one of the few big guns that I couldn't get into my side, along with Ruben Garrick, his teammate, and he scored 99 points last week at some Warriors. But mm-hmm. even more noteworthy, Billy, is in round nine, he played the Tigers and scored 113. That was on the wing, though. On the wing, But, I mean, he's shown two out of his last three games where he spent time at fullback. He scored 99 and 100 points along with 67, and 67 is his historical you know, fullback average. So against the West Tigers, is he a bit of a low-key, complete ballsy pod captaincy option for this week against the Tigers, considering how he's been going lately and the seemingly you, yeah.
0: know, BC, BC, you know VC VC no captaincy
1: yeah 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 I agree like I wouldn't be seeing because I can't see him going big enough um, with a bit of a depletion in the manly side without Turbo there but he he seems to be able to go to that eighty to a hundred spot pretty easily. Um, against teams like this, so yeah, captaincy seems pretty safe. But you're probably not going to get the real big score out of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because Travolovich can be on a hundred with sort of you know one one sort of try assist, so like your tackle bus, make a few runs. This like here is on a, on on a hundred with two tries and kicking goals. So how much more more does it need to do to get to one fifty in order to loop? That's 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 why.
1: This tiger side. um does have a few interesting options in it still. Um, we did mention Luke Garner a few weeks ago because he was, you know, 340 or a month ago, he was only 300,000. And he's now dual center wing second row. He's now 450,000, but now he has a be 27. Now it, it's hard to get on him with all the other center wing options that are around, but he does have a three round average of 66. And he has gone well the last month that he's sort of been back playing in the back row again. uh, 48 and 84 points, these last two outings. The 84 was against the Bulldogs, Billy. uh, And he's got the Bulldogs a week after this. And we've spoken about Manly's notoriously weak edges. And talking about weak edges, we've also spoken in this game about how has smashed the Warriors. And that's three games away for him. And then he has a slightly depleted uh, Parramatta Eels in round 17. So just quietly, you know, someone like Garner does have a pretty good run of games. I do want to mention it for the West Tigers fans. He does look like a a half decent pottage option for your centre wing, playing eighty minutes in the back row, and he's got three really good matchups coming up. So, if you got a bucket load of trades and you're aiming for seventeen, he, he's going to be there for around seventeen in that buy as a second rower that you can slot in your centre wing.
0: Yeah, but most of his scores lately, when, when he had that's the biggest of the break even, he was actually playing at, at centre three quarter and went over the line two weeks in a row for an extra sort of thirty points each. When he's in the second row, I, he's, he's less likely to go over the line. Um, he just doesn't have that big sort of aggression like, like uh, so Alokawatu. Um, I don't like his points in the second row. I'm going to disagree with you. I I don't think he's an option. I don't like him.
1: Uh, two weeks Well, two weeks ago against the Dogs, he started at the second row spot for 80 and scored 84 points with a try um, the week before he um, spent time at the second row as well, scored a try playing second row for 65. So he, I, I, I'm happy to disagree because we're too friendly on this podcast. So. Let's get a bit more aggressive and get some disagreements in there. We disagree on Luke Garner. That's not going to be a make or break, though. We're going to have to find a bit more of a controversial one, like a big player to disagree on shortly. Let's, get, let's just go the maybe the next let's
0: just go the the should we?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, top sport bet of the week for this one. Uh, look, oof. Tigers with the bounce back factor. Oh, Manly played too well last week, so I just can't do it. Um, Manly are a dollar I would almost just go for try scorers in this one. Probably have a look at some of the try scoring markets on top spot because there's some really good ones for any time. Uh, Jason Saab came back last week and scored a try, even though he did hardly anything all game. And he's paying $1.88, which is really good value. Um, if you think Ruben Garrick is going to get over the lining, he's $2.04. And that seems pretty decent as well for him. If you want an outsider, $2.83 for Ola Kawachu against that Tiger's Edge. Pretty juicy. Knights vs Panthers billy. Absolutely no action at all in trade markets. Nobody's doing anything in this game. But we spoke about kick out a lot last week. The Knights have really susceptible edges. I really like kick out this week, but I don't want to go over old podcast ground and we've chatted about him enough. A guy we pinpointed to watch a couple of weeks ago but haven't chatted about it enough is Brian Toto. Now, Brian Toto playing the Knights this week, he's backing up far enough away from Origin where you'd expect he'll probably back up. And yeah. he's also...
0: a winger
1: winger too that does a lot of work and plays really hard but he's still a winger so he's got a really good chance of of backing up here and playing against the Knights and 544,000 he is the perfect buy at the moment despite not being around 17 player and being in origin he's got the Knights this week and then he's got the Warriors the week after Uh, that's a it's a great fortnight this is a time to jump on someone like Brian Toto I'd if I, if I wasn't looking at the buy so much and had such low trade numbers at the moment, he'd almost be one of my buys of the week. He probably still is, Brian Toyo. So I'm all over him. He's only on a 49 average at the moment. It feels like he's about to explode. He's only got the one try to his name in his six games. Playing against the Knights this week, I'm going to call. He's going over for a try
0: for sure. I'm just curious, because um, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, and I actually haven't logged, but... what? If... <laughs> How are his kick returns going um, on the right hand side? Um, when he plays left, it's obviously it's a lot. It's a lot more evident. You can see him sort of coming back, coming back constantly, and you like, "Ah, oh, there he is again." But I just don't see him as much on the right hand side. But you know, it, it could be it could be an illusion. Maybe I'm just not seeing him as much. How's he actually going with kick returns and, and base on the right?
1: So his base has been down a little bit but it's still been solid. Like, I mean, it, it's hard because he obviously hasn't had many games back, right? So you can pretty yeah. much throw away the first two weeks. The last month of footy, the first game back, he actually killed it. You know, round nine, he had 51 raw base yeah. and actually had 60s base, base attack, which is insane. In the next two weeks, his raw base is only 27. Uh, but last week, he had raw base of 36 um, and, and a mid-40s base-base um, attack, which is right around where he normally is. Okay. For the season, he's at 48 base-base attack. So team
0: he's team still going well.
1: He's still going well. He's just not getting any clutch attack. And his base-base attack is a bit down, but you can maybe just – you could pretty much just live with it, right? Because he's still really good at it, um, even though it's down. So, yeah, oh. I love him at the moment. Um, he's not getting as many tries, but you think this week against the Knights, um, they struggle with some of the centre wing scoring against other super coach teams. He uh, he could be really in for a big one. But talking about big ones, we've talked about how Brian Toto is removed enough from Origin to probably play. Nathan Cleary, he's chasing the Dally M this year. Maybe that'll be enough to make him play. Um, but if he does, playing against the Newcastle Knights, I can't not at least have a VC on Cleary this week, but, you know, would you be bold enough just to go the straight C? Because he has burnt coaches lately. You know, I need to remind you before you answer this, Billy, that he, he burnt me badly the last week that he played with a 58 against the Cowboys, and that was a captaincy 58 for me. So that really, really stunned.
0: I would it burnt me too, but a bloke that scores 58 doing absolutely nothing in attack, that's surely his flaw. He's going to get one versus these guys. So surely he's 4-80 this week. I think that the
1: problem... I think the problem is that, you know, the Knights are a good opposition and I'd be a lot more comfortable if these next two games weren't happening, which I don't want to talk about yet. But the Sharks are against the Warriors and the Eels are against the Dogs. So it makes me a bit nervous on the captaincy, but certainly the vice-captaincy. <sighs> <Mind.
0: laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hines. Yeah. Well, look at... It- it's for me. It's a uh, it's a VC. Cleary, C Hines.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm already on that. Um, aside from my my thoughts on a Cody Walker VC, if um, if Cleary's not playing and it being early in the round, I don't know if I'm... this is the other thing too, guys. Like when you're having a look at your VCs, you need to make sure you actually loop them. Like I don't think I'll be able to loop Cleary if I VC him being the third last game, and and that's that should play into your plans as well. Look, top sport better of the week for this one. I can't see that the Panthers not backing up with a win. They looked really good last week with our next man up thing. Minus 14 and a half is the line. Um, you could be a bit safe and go minus 11 and a half and still get 65 from top sport. That's phenomenal odds for them to win 12 plus. And even if someone like Cleary got ruled out, I think they could do that against the Knights who are still themselves going to have Ponga backing up. But this next game, Billy, the Warriors and the Sharks, like... We do have Curran back, which is going to be a really good super coach watch to see how he goes and what the rotations are going to be because obviously Nathan Brown is now gone. So Stacey Jones is the coach. It's going to be interesting to see what Stacey Jones does, but you would expect the Curran is hopefully going to drop a bit of value and be a buy in the next couple of weeks. But on the other side of things, the Sharks are killing it. They've got Jesse Ramey in back, so that's going to help. And Wade Graham comes into the reserves. So it's when we're having a look at market watch, you know the SJ is a six most player, six most player sold. That makes sense because he's already played the buy, got twenty three points, and was a disappointment, <laughs> was which we we're worried about. <laughs> um, he did make some money if you got on him early enough, like a few weeks ago. He did make the money. It's just if you waited and got on him, it would have been really disappointing. But McInnes. You know, I've got all these Sharks players that I want this week, and I've got three of them that I really want, right? Like, I've got Hines, I've got Talakai, I've got Katoa. I'd really love Militalo, who we're going to talk about in a minute. yeah, None of those guys are in the top 10 most traded in, Billy. McInnes is. He's the second most traded in player. And, look, I'm I'm going to sound like a massive McInnes hater, and you might be against me on this. Nope. But McInnes is 555,000. He's averaging 54 for the year. And yet, lately, he's been going really well. You know, he's got a five-round average of 69 and a three-round average of 73. That all sounds great, but I look at the minutes, Billy, and the minutes the last three weeks have been 53, 50, and 59. And, you know, he scored a try last week with a line break for his 94. I'm pretty sure that 68 the week before had a, a try assist in it. So you look at the minutes and go, geez, he's going to go back to scoring 50s. Yep. And that's a real concern for me. And even though he's around 17 number, he's not a particularly cheap one. Um, He is a hooker solution, though. You know, if you do have a Grant ruled out and you've got a spot where you can trade your second hooker out and get a McInnes, you know, it does make some sense. I certainly wouldn't be throwing him in my second row. And I just just think that there's other better options. And if you want a shark, get some of these other guys.
0: Yeah. um, I actually didn't uh, mark down any notes. To talk about him tonight because I kind of thought that was obvious and didn't think you were going to talk about him at all. So, um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: look, he has been going well, to be fair. It, to it, it, it,
0: he has, but that, that, that's the issue. Like, he's uh, he's historically been like a 0. 0.8 or 0. 0.9 season PBM guy. And when he was with um, with, with the Dragons, he, he was brilliant to have because you, you know he was going to score, you know, sort of 60 points instead of tackles have a few runs, get get a few tackle busts, uh, not many, but, and, but they to go online line every now and then to give you that sort of decent sort of average. Um, but the fact that he's sort of, you know, coming off the bench or starting and not getting full, full minutes, yeah, they do have a really soft draw, which is the, the only thing I can possibly think of. Maybe people think I think he's going to sort of maintain that sort of one clutch attack stat per game. And if you think he's going to do that, don't let us talk you out of it, but I wouldn't be banking on it. Um, so, for that reason, I'm I'm 100% in the Militalo court as opposed to a McInnes player.
1: Yeah, so let's chat about Militarlo. Um He's $607,000. he has got a 71B, but that shouldn't even matter this week. Oh, I can't see him not going across for a try. He already has eight tries for the season, uh, and that's only in 10 games. And he also leads the NRL in line breaks. Uh, I'm pretty sure he still does, uh, even after last round. So, you know, he's... Scoring 68 points for the year, is one of the better center wings that you can have. And sometimes with these type of guys, like a Mulatalo, Billy, you sort of look at him and he's been basically like a 50 type of guy his whole career. And you go, ah, oh, well, you know, it'll probably even out. You'll start to drop down right about now. So it's a bad time to buy. The difference is that one Mulatalo and the Sharks look a lot better. And two, they've got the best draw out of anyone for the rest of the year. And their immediate draw of the Warriors, the Titans and the Bulldogs is the best out of anybody. So 100% he's playing around 17 as well versus a depleted storm. 100% he's a fantastic buy. And he'd probably be my number one buy of the Sharks team. He's the only guy I don't own though. <laughs> but benchmarking him, you know, 607000 If you don't have that, um, Katoa is only 490000 I own Sioni Katoa. Absolutely nobody else does. I feel like that I'm the sole owner of Sioni Katoa. He's not been going as good, averaging 56 for the year but I can see him getting bulk points the next three weeks and backing up and being around 17 number. So he is one of these buys I'm looking at for this week against the Warriors going, I'm sure he's going to score a try and score me at least 65 plus potentially a double um, in which case he gets towards a hundred like he did against the Tigers in round five. But I'm also saying to myself, Billy, you know what? 490,000 is pretty cheap. If I can't afford some of these other backs, then this next three game run plus the buy, he's going to be the type of guy I can just keep in my side for that sharks run home or, have him cover the buy, make some money, score good points for a month, and then trade out. So he's one of those sneaky sort of value buys that if it doesn't pay off, it's not going to hurt me too much. Um, but maybe I can't afford one of those big guns.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, the fish was on him last year as one of these sort of gun pods around. um uh, did this sort of time. I don't think it worked out for him early, but he did sort of come home when it's the wet sale. So, yeah, look, with that sort of draw, mate, you can pretty much go any kind of um, winger in, in the Sharks team um I'd obviously sort of be sticking with the sort of tal, tal guy and and um and and Hines, but it wouldn't be the worst if you wanted to, if you if you wanted to or you were desperate for a like a pod like a like a um uh an, 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 an edge or sort of a someone up the middle getting big minutes but I tell you what you're banking on sort of a clutch of for every week in in, in the middle of the edge as opposed to the wing. So Stick with the wing we are. Yep.
1: Yeah. And it is Mulatalo's wing that does get the bulk of the tries. So it does need to be said. Um, but the guy right smack in the middle, right? So Katoa's 490,000, Mulatalo's 607, 557,000. We've got Big Sifa Talakai sitting there as a dual center wing second rower. Um, now, ordinarily, like six weeks ago, everybody would have been jumping all over that, just saying that is amazing. Let's throw him in your center wing and get him ready for round 17. But He only has a a three-round average of 47 and a five-round of 46. He's been largely disappointing since his couple of big tons. Did show some signs last week with a 65 score. This next run of three games, I I can't see him not going well, but benchmarking him against the other guys. You know, we've got Mulatalo, we've got Talaklo, we've got Katoa. Do you buy Talaclay over the other two, or do you still stick Mulatalo as the best guy? What are your takes on these three?
0: I would actually go Mulatalo, purely because, um, you, you know... Edgies go over, wingers go over the line every single every single week. Doesn't matter who <laughs> you're playing, they they go, they go over the line. Um, Talakai is likely to give you that sort of big um, sort of base, but um, at the at the price, you you really I really want to be on the guy that's going to go over the line. So I'd take Muli very very closely followed by sort of Talakai and um, Katolo, sort of distant kind of a third from those three.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a fair call. Um, I'm in the unfortunate position where, well, fortunate in that I'm super happy that I've got Talakai Kato Katoa already in my side. But I can't... If I buy Militalo, I'm going to have three Sharks, outside backs in my centre wing. And that's probably a bridge too far, do you think? Even with nah. the great draw?
0: <sighs> Go with your gut. Like if you see an opportunity with a run, just do it. Like, um, Put it this way. If, if you this way if you had a uh, targo may and uh tory in your team as well as the uh, Cleary and luea with the run they got at the moment would you be concerned at all
1: no that's a good point um I, I think i guess if you do have three sharks in your center you can rotate them um and talico does have the benefit of potentially being a second row as well but it's still three outside backs but yeah i might i might consider it still i might consider it for this
0: week yeah, yeah. Down, the only the only thing is you're taking you're kind of cheating yourself a little bit because if you if you if you've got four wingers with four different teams they can all go for three tries each if you've got three 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 guys from the one team uh, they can't all score but you you've gotta hope that one's giving the assist to the other or the base is high enough that you know the they're, they're gonna spread the points around that that's all.
1: Look, this is a week that you need to jump on sharks outside backs, guys. Like I would prioritize it as my number one trade ins for the week is sharks outside backs. They've got a great draw, which I've discussed many times. They're going to play round seventeen, which we've mentioned. But this immediate matchup against the Warriors, the Warriors are obviously going really bad, but they give up more points to opposing center wings than anyone else in Super Coach. Like they just absolutely leak bulk points. So these outside backs for for the Sharks, they're going to score points. Got to prioritize them. And speaking about priorities, Billy, we just spent part of last week's podcast amazingly talking people out and not trading Nico Hines, who was getting top ten most traded out material. And I just can't believe it, but it happened. People trading out Nico Hines. I can't wait just to slap the C straight on him this week. Like if he doesn't score at least hundred this week, like I feel like hundred points versus Warriors is Nico Hines' floor this week with the points they give up to outside backs and how he can carve up and have the goal-kicking as well. 143 break-even, it should be about par for him. Last outing against the Warriors in round nine, he scored 185 for his best score of the year. And I would dare say they're in a better position to put up better points this time, because they're not going to have players sent off and sent to the sin pin, and the Warriors are in worse shape now than what they were six weeks ago. So if he did 185, you know, we're going to see the first two fifty score in Super Coach history this week. I don't know, but I'm putting the C on him.
0: Well, I think <laughs> it's a little bit sort of optimistic, mate, better. Uh, yeah, last game of the round, well rested, uh, a team that absolutely leaks. It's uh, it's it's a recipe for a captaincy. I
1: would, I would just, oh, I couldn't imagine being someone that sold Nico last week. But if you don't own Nico Hines this week. He becomes your number one priority. It does not matter that he's in the Origin squad. Get him in. He's going to back up because he's 18th man for the Origin team. He's not playing. Or if he does, it'll be very low minutes. Get him into your side this week. Forget about Origin. His next three rounds, he could score 500 points. It could just be a crazy run of three games. Um, look on the markets, Billy. Topsport.com.au. Obviously, the is a big favourite. It's so at nineteen. But can you believe that the line is only minus 14.5 at $1. eighty five for the Cronulla Sharks.
0: No, mate, I can't. But wait, Kev, there's more. I'm sure there is. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, <laughs> you could go for a, a Sifatallakai try. It has been a big drought for him, $2.39. Or you could go with the Mulatalo stock standard, $1.59. So there's so much value in this game. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like if you did a same game multi at Top Sport for Militalo, Katawa, and the Sharks to win 13 plus and Talakai to score, you'd be on a massive one. It's It'd be like 20 to
0: 1. Uh, mate, look, I've, I've been on an absolute roll with the last few weeks. Um, the last last couple of weeks, we've had uh, well, we've had Ben Hunt, Ruben Cotter kick out last week. Um, Ezra, Ezra, man, we've been picking up their fight and sound like a nose, mate. So, uh, if I was going to go one this week, it'd be Hines. With, with I, I, like, I like the value.
1: Heinz has definitely got the value. Three dollars five. Heinz to score a try this week against the Warriors. Geez, it looks good this game. And I tell you what, this next game looks pretty good too. To finish off the round, we have got the Dogs versus the Eels, and the Eels aren't as affected as other you know top sides um, through Origin. They have named um, Madison and Regan Campbell-Gillard to back up, but the big news is Micah Sebo is back, which is. Big for super Coach and going to be an interesting watch because, you know, around mid-400s and playing round 17, he could be an interesting one. But, Billy, look, on market watch, first of all, Karaz and King are being traded out. King, you know, makes sense now. Karaz, you know, mid-40s break even. He's gone badly the last two weeks. I don't think you need to be just shuffling him straight out. I think you could hold. But, yeah, certainly it makes sense, I guess, to give up on him now. It's disappointing, though, because the first two games, he looked like a, an absolute... Killer for Super Coach and was scoring great, and then the last two games he he just really hasn't.
0: Yeah, he um, he looked, that was a disappointing thing too. Like I was pretty excited about him. The dog is having a really soft draw as well as coming into the into the um, the buy round, um, particularly last week. Like he actually seemed to come in and have a few runs, so it was pretty exciting to see some some base and a couple of tackle busts in there. But, Really, really disappointed that he didn't go over the line. So now we're at a position where we need to decide, you know. Um he's got he still has a couple softs sort of of games sort of coming up, uh, maybe not this week, but when do you play him? Like you you have to you're gonna to have to choose to play him over potentially someone that you generally don't generally wouldn't want want to do going back to sort of three or four weeks.
1: Yeah, no, you're not gonna play him over anyone. It'd just be a matter of if you think that um he's going to have that second cash injection of um, a negative break even and, and, and take the next yeah. run of making more money. Because, I mean, it's, it's an important thing. like It's a last game. It's a good time to talk about this as well as far as strategy goes because it's something that's often not mentioned. There's there's multiple ways that you can make money through cows, and it's not just trading in the cows with the big break evens, which is what we always talk about. It's also instead of trading in a cow like a man, being able to to look forward and say, you know what, I think Karaz is going to get a second wind of negative break evens, and he can make a, he can make money a second time, just like a brand new buy. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if you think that it is, you know, it's a real strategic hold because you can maybe make another hundred hundred fifty thousand out of it.
0: I would we you you look at our Cobo, and I'm not saying that he's anywhere near Cobo's to their class, but. Um... Cobo had a, like, his, his first game of the year, he looked absolutely brilliant. Like he was tackle, tackle busting and looked just on the edge. And he just looked like he was going to go over the line. And then you, you think, oh, man, I'm going to have to either get him or I'm going to start playing him next week, depending on which court you're in. And then all of a sudden the statics factor kicked in and he just didn't get the ball. And you thought, oh, I think he's kind of peaked around to the 350, I'll just get rid of him. Then all of a sudden, he kicks into gear and gets more ball, and just goes on an absolute tear. Now, you know, people are people are starting to think about, you know, do I get him back in over five and a thousand because he's just scoring to the hundreds with ease. But I don't think that this bloke is in that sort of um category. But I wouldn't write off a bloke sort of going out of line for what one or two and all of a sudden having a new win going from you know for 300 to
1: 450. Yeah, no, uh, it's a uh, look. Me and Billy aren't saying not to trade him out, but it's, it's just food for thought. If You you don't need to be rushing to trade him out of your side with the mid-40s break-even and, and a guy that could get a second win. Um, when we're having a look at Market Watch in, Dylan Brown is the guy, number four on the most traded in list. And he's interesting. Like, I I need to give Dylan Brown credit. I haven't really raided him much before this season. I didn't think he'd keep it up, but he has. He's averaged 74 for the year. Uh, which is 10 points better than what he's ever done before. So it's, it's a really good year for him. And I do really like the Eels draw. He's going to play around 17 and they got the Bulldogs this week. So the, the Bulldogs this week is key. It's a really good time to be trading in Eels players. If the Sharks weren't playing the Warriors, I'd probably prioritise for this game. But it, it is a good game to look at. For me, I was actually looking more at Moses and Gutho, but certainly I understand the Dylan Brown factor. Gutho and and Moses are the other two that are options in this one. And I just feel like Gutho, especially with Sevo back there, is is ready to up his ante again because he kind of goes on those runs. And we saw it at the start of the year and then he he flaked out a bit for the last month. And he's come good a little bit lately. Whereas Moses obviously has the goal kicking as well. So I probably contend, Billy, that um, all these guys are good buyers this week. All these guys play round 17. But you're probably not going to get in a position where you're going to be able to have Moses, Brown, and Gutho for round 17 because they're halves and, and fullback. So which... One or two out of these would you prioritize, or how would you rank them for this week for buyers?
0: Uh, the goal kicker, mate. That's why I'd be wrong. Um, I'm not really a massive fan of Gotho these days. I just as much as I love the king in the old days, and as much as I still despise him for you know ruining a hundred to one bet, (laughs) (laughs) I uh yeah, I'd be going with the goal kicker.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close. Um, you know, Moses and um. Moses and Brown are within two points of each other on the averages. They're both going about as good as each other. I do think that the extra oh, 35000 um saving that you get with Moses and the goalkeeping makes me want him more. And against the Bulldogs this week, I, I quite like the matchup. For guys that need a fullback, like I need a fullback at the moment, more than a half. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards getting Gutho in this week myself, but that's because I, I don't want to get one of the halves in yet. And I I do actually think that Gutho is a real sneaky pod this week to have a big one against the Bulldogs. I like what I've seen from him lately, and I think that he's going to fire this week. So I do like him. But Brown and Brown and Moses probably deserve to be the top two. And I agree with Billy. I'd probably edge with the goal kicker. IPAP has a big break-even, and I'm a non-owner hoping that he plummets. But I'm going to have to buy him in the next month. I'm shit scared, Billy, really, this week against the Bulldogs edges for an IPAP masterclass. In fact. I think that some, um, some people that maybe don't own a Hines to put the C on could actually bypass a Cleary backup and even go, I need a big balls pod or I'm in a head-to-head matchup where I've got to do something different because I'm behind halfway through. You could go for a C on on Papali'i and I and I could see him going over for a try and 120 again this week.
0: That's, uh... <laughs> you'd, you'd have to have a couple of real sort of low ball VC options Cs to come up in order to do that. Um... If you're going to do that, it's probably going to be like a, a be Watch, watch everything all weekend. Do a VC Heinz and do, even if that sort of fails, then have a crack at sort of properly. But
1: oh, oh I wouldn't do it. I'd have to not own Heinz. Like there's a, there's people that have sold Heinz or don't have him. So if you don't have Heinz, I think that that's when it sort of comes into play. Um. Mm-hmm.
0: If you, don't have, if you don't have a high end, you reap what you Well,
1: needless to say, I'm still shit scared of IPAP this week. Um, I, I think that he's going to go really well against the dogs. And I actually think that the Eels are going to really make a statement this week. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching my boy, Sebo again. Um, I w- I'd love to have the balls to just buy him this week, but it would absolutely be insane and stupid. He's actually not as he's expensive plus. as I thought, 486,000. Not as expensive as I thought. And I just I have these memories, Billy, of Sevo's um four four try Bulldogs annihilation when I captained him about two years ago. And it was just the best thing ever. And he scored like 155 points or something ridiculous. You know? I, I can't stop dreaming about that when I look at this matchup.
0: Yeah, but he's um he's he's um correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's got a game or two under his belt from um the lower grade. So he's actually looked pretty good in the squad. A of trial,
1: Hat-trick last week got Yeah,
0: me. so I wouldn't be worried about his health too much He's already got one under his belt
1: Well, I tell you what, it's obviously short odds on top sport um, Well, before we do that did, So we talked about how we both think the Eels have got a lot of good options this week You know, I mentioned IPAP as sort of a uh, Papa Lee is sort of a head-to-head catch-up type of Hail Mary see at the end would you go for a Moses or a Gutho or or even a Dylan Brown, um, especially for the head to head players? You know this Bulldogs match up.
0: I would. I, I wouldn't because who are going to drop for them? There's, there's there's no they're, they're not in the top six players in 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 those positions. So I just even with the draw, I just couldn't do it.
1: Yep, uh, fair enough. Well, talks bet better the week. Obviously, dollar fifteen for the Eels, minus fifteen and a half points at a dollar ninety. I tell you what, you know, if I can't own my Casio though, I'm just going to look at the try scores My Casio to score time is a dollar fifty-seven, uh, which you know normally, you know, you go back to Casio's pre ACL days, he's paying like a dollar thirty to a dollar forty a lot of the time. But if you want some some value, Clint Gutherson at two dollars and seven, that's uh that's a pretty good value one for him.
0: Yeah, true. Um, look, if he's going to go over the line, he's going to go over the line this week.
1: So that wraps up the the round that wraps up TLT that wraps up the podcast for round 14. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Billy, thanks for jumping on post buy and and chatting, even though you didn't have as good a buy round last week, you had some great advice for those that were hitting it hard.
0: I can talk a good game, mate. (laughs) Maybe practice what I preach one day. (laughs)
1: Cheers, big fellow. Well, look, Everyone, you can download, stream, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, and everywhere else. And you can also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Make sure that when you do hit up Top Sport and create an account, use SCAllStars as your promo code. That'll make sure that they know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But otherwise, thanks very much for listening once again. Thanks for sharing the podcast around. And hopefully you have a great round this week. We've got eight games of footy. Go the Blues, but, you know, I'm happy for the Maroons supporters too that listen if you get the win. Great Origin series coming up. Look forward to chatting all about in the talking Footy at the end of the week. And also, Supercoach again, dropping next Wednesday. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show
0: on, get